scripture portion for today's message is Romans chapter 7 verse 9 to 19 I'm reading from the New International Version Romans chapter 7 verse 9 to 19 Once I was apart from the law but when the commandment came sin sprang to life and I died I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death for sin seizing an seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment deceived me and through the commandment put me to death so then the law is holy and the commandment is holy righteous and good did that which is good then become death for me by no means nevertheless in order that sin might be recognized as sin it used what is good to bring about my death so that through the commandment sin might become utterly sinful we know that the law is spiritual but i am unspiritual sold as a slave to sin i do not understand what i do for what i want to do i do not do but i but what i hate i do and if i do what i do not want to do i agree that law is good as it is it is no longer myself who i do it but it is sin living in me for i know that good itself does not dwell in me that is in my sinful nature for i have the desire to do what is good but i cannot carry it out for i do not do the good that i want to do but the evil that i do not want to do this is this i keep on doing let's pray heavenly father we thank you lord for this morning to uh, helping us worship you lord lord we thank you for the sacrifice that you made on the cross lord thank you for the redemption you provided through your uh, to the precious blood of the lamb lord lord uh, even uh, this morning lord as we sit in your presence lord lord uh, help uh, uh, brother pradeep lord to uh, speak from your word uh, to speak what you have commanded from your word lord lord uh, fill him with um, with your spirit lord as he speaks lord even as we sit and uh, hear uh, hear what he speaks lord lord let us uh, help us lord uh, to to lord um, learn learn from it and apply it in our lives lord lord we thank you again this morning and pray this prayer in the name of our lord and savior lord jesus christ morning church we have a packed house but the spirit seems to be low good morning church Thank you. So you must be wondering what's this slide up? I don't have a story. I don't have a joke, but a simple pop quiz. Does anyone know which city this is? Just call out a few cities. You know, I don't know if anyone will get it right. Shivaji Nagar. <laughs> Close. quick quick okay the one below that 
Hawaii, Dubai. Okay. Anything else? Okay, I'll give you the answer later. Who's that? Saul. Okay. You're very uh, theological. You won't call him Paul because at this point he is Saul. Okay. <laughs> Great, great. Yeah, so um, as you heard this morning, uh, thank you Prashant for reading that tongue twister. Uh, when I uh, studied this uh, three, two to three months back, I was puzzled what, what this whole roller coaster of words was all about. And uh, this led me to really look into it and I thought I will share what uh, little I could study from this. So as we all know, uh, Paul wrote this to the church in Rome. So it's just called Romans. Uh, Galatians, Colosh, uh, Corinthians and all of this were to a specific church which he had seen. He had seen issues there. He, had, uh, he wanted to address certain issues. right? But in Romans, he had not gone and visited them yet. He will visit them later. But at this point of time, he had not visited them. So he, all he knows is there, is a, there are a few churches in Rome. And he wanted to share what he had learned over the years. And this was fairly along in the time of his ministry. So he, he put together this really long letter, right? This is the longest letter written by Paul. And the reason I want to stress on these things is as we go through, we'll understand this a little better. And as we know, Paul wrote it with no preconceived notions about the church. So it was to believers. We want to be very clear that this is to believers and it is believers just like you and me, right? And um, Paul, who is he? He was a, he was a Pharisee, right? He was, he was a, and, and we think he was a wicked man, but he wasn't, right? He was very strong in the word. And he thought when he was persecuting Christians, he was carrying on the Lord's will, right? He thought that he was doing right by the Lord. And it's only when this happened that he realized that he's wrong. When Christ revealed himself, he realized, hey, wait, the Messiah has already come and this is he. And that, that transformed his life and his life goal changed right? And um, historically, uh, Romans is very influential. Um, Augustine, the theologian, was converted just by reading no Romans. Martin Luther understood what is just live by faith by reading Romans. And Martin Luther also, also wrote a commentary. And because of that commentary on Romans, John Wesley understood what is assurance of salvation. So, and John Calvin wrote this. This I have to read out because I want to get it right. It says, when anyone understands this epistle, he has a passage or a door open to him to understanding of the whole scripture. And this is what Calvin, John Calvin had to say about Romans. Okay, So in Romans chapter 7, hope you will be with me in this passage, Romans chapter 7, 1 to 3. We won't read it entirely, the first three verses, but this is just an illustration. And this illustration is about a wife being bound to a husband, legally through marriage, and she is bound to that husband. And she, she is freed from that bondage to that husband. I wouldn't say bondage, I'm sorry to say bondage, but free uh, from that husband, and she, can, she is released from that husband only upon his death. Only upon his death. And upon his death, she is free to remarry somebody else, and this is not considered adultery. Right? So Paul is using this illustration, and if you see in the first phrase, he says, Do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to men who know the law. He is speaking to people who know the law, who are the Jews, who, know the, who were 
maybe uh, uh, Ju- uh, Jewish Christians or however you call it, but they were those who were in the church and they knew the law very, very well. So he's just reminding them about this one principle and using that as a base to build his argument. So in verse 4, he says, So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ. You have died to the law through the body of Christ. That you may belong to another. So now we do not belong to that law. We are not attached to that law, but we are now attached to him who has delivered us from sin, delivered us from the wrath of sin. To him who has, who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. We have been delivered so that we may bear fruit for God. Okay, So please keep these things in mind as we keep going. So death has broken that jurisdiction of which the law had over us. And slowly we are transforming to look at it in a different perspective. And every time I say this, I want it to be crystal clear that I am not saying that we should neglect the law. I am not saying the law is not relevant to us. But the word of God is very, very relevant to us. Okay, We will see more verses which will, which will help us understand this. In verse 5 and 6, again, it's, uh, it's a couple of verses which uh, are a bit lengthy. So we'll, for the sake of time, we will look at it a little, um, little more in terms of uh, what it means for us in the sense. Verse 5, if you go through it, it says, Sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us and we bore fruit for death but then he's trying to change that right he's saying but but now by dying to what once bound us we have been released from the law and we serve in a new way of the spirit so now we serve in a new way earlier we were serving looking at the law oh these are the laws i need to follow all of this if not i will not get i, I will not be saved i need to be very very crisp and clear on what needs to be done we were putting these legal implications on us and we were looking at the requirements of the law. And this is similar in connection to uh, chapter 6, verse 14. If, we, if uh, we'll just quickly turn to 6, verse 14, we will see that verse which talks about sin. And it's the same, same thought pattern there as well, where Paul is saying, sin no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace we are under grace yeah and in verse 6 verse 15 it says what then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace by no means by no means. does anyone have the nlt here nlt shall we sin because we are not under the requirement of the law i think it says requirement of the law right so we are not under the requirement of the law Yes, the law is important. Yes, the law does reveal things to us. So in verse 7, let's come back to uh, Romans 7, verse 7. What shall we say then? It's the same, same, similar passage here as well, uh, which we saw in 6. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would have not known what sin was had it not been for the law. Now this law is there because it does guide us. It does show things which are right and wrong. And Paul was dealing with a personal sin of his, which he was very open about, which is coveting. 
right? And he says that openly. He says, "For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, 'You shall not covet.'" So the law is important. So, brothers and sisters, I am. I want to be very clear about this. The last point, as you see there, it says the law is essential. It is essential. Let that be our base. Let it, let me not confuse you with my human words because this is a bit confusing. But the law is important. We have to keep it in mind. But that is not our our base. That is not what will drive us. What drives us is the spirit of grace for us to understand that we have a higher calling. We have a calling which is to peace. be very spiritual to have a life which is pure for the sake of our lord jesus christ who did so much for us on the cross yeah so what if we you know oh pradeep i don't agree with that i think the law is very important that is the penultimate was it <clears throat> but sin seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment produced in me every kind of coveting so paul here is trying to say when he looked at the law he saw some loopholes maybe some gaps so i think i think coveting in this area is okay it's not very clear in the law i don't know if it's really crystal clear about it so i think we can or you know our human tendency is what as soon as we see rules what is the first thing it's okay no one's watching right it's okay there's no cop in the signal man go and bangalore is the worst at it isn't it the guy behind you is honking when it's red and you're like wait what <laughs> yeah so rules are meant to be broken that's what the world tells us and if you see this like a boss right like a boss he's like he's just imitating the sign just as it is is that is that us sometimes when nobody is watching when you know the, the, the you know the word of god doesn't say that it's not very clear about that one point so i think it's okay i'm pretty sure it should be okay what about this guy i'm sure there was a nice path where he could walk no grass but he sees this sign where it says you know don't lie down on the grass and he wants to do exactly that and he gets his friend to take even a photograph of it is this us there's nobody around nobody's looking right let's let's have some fun break the rules we even have business books saying break the rules don't conform to things which are right you know break the rules what does the sign say what is the what is the what does the sign mean actually not supposed to swim but it doesn't say that it says enter at your own risk it doesn't say don't swim and you see the guy there with the with the surfboard he's happy he knows you know it's it's my risk it's my life not your rules i can do what i want you don't say don't swim so i can swim i'm entering at my own risk i i got this i'm all good this is us right this is us and we think that we think that we can bend the rules we can see loopholes in the law we can find places where we can bend the law and we think that we can go about it without anyone knowing verse 9 once i was alive apart from the law i thought i was alive 
But when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. When I realized, I, I was very ignorant of the law earlier, right? But now when I realized the requirement of the law, how serious the law is, and how important the law is, and how high the Lord is, law is, how holy the law is, sin, sin found opportunities to, you know, just bypass those things. And sin sprang, sprang to life. And how much ever I tried to control myself, how much ever I tried to uphold the law, sin kept overruling that. Sin kept going over and over and above that. And that is, that is how each one of us, I'm sure, struggle. If we try to focus on just the law, we are going to struggle. Verse 10 and 11. I found the very commandment that intended to bring life actually brought death. If someone can read Leviticus 18.5 for me. Leviticus 18.5. If those who live by the decrees, they will live. If you keep my commandments, you will live. But are we able to keep all the commandments? Are we able to uphold each and every one of them without fail? No. For sin seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment deceived me. The law has deceived me. The law's standard was really high. I tried my best. And through the commandment, put me to death. And this is what Paul was going through. Paul in his innermost being was struggling with these things. And that is the weight of sin on each one of us. The weight of sin is way too high. Your good deeds are never going to, no matter how much it surpasses, it will never equalize the sins that we commit. And the weight of sin is really high. The weight of the law is really high. And which is why our, Christ, our Lord Jesus gives us this, this concept of grace. That we are not bound by these laws which will push us down and make us useless for him. But he allows us that through that grace he lifts that weight of that law away from us. So that we can be useful for him. Look at verse 13. Sorry, verse 12. <clears throat> verse 12 says, So then, the law is holy, the commandment is holy, righteous and good. The standard of the law is so high, so pure, that no one can question it. It is holy. And it goes back to the same point I said before. The law is essential. The law is important. Verse 13. Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. By no means. By no means are we to ignore the law. Not that we have to ignore it. Not that we have to ignore the word of God. But the word of God is important to give us direction. To let us know where we are failing. And the second part of verse 13. Just take two phrases from that. It says, sin might be recognized as sin. The law is important so that sin will be recognized as sin. And that sin might, might become utterly sinful. The sin which is in our life, we may not even realize it. And without the law, we will not know how utterly sinful we are and how utterly sinful that act of sin really is. We may think, you know, it's something we can just pass off. 
but God's standards are really high. Verse 14, again a realization from Paul. A wonderful realization from him that he is human. We know the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual. And this is true for each one of us. Not one of us can say that we are perfect. Sold as a slave to sin. He's agreeing that he is a slave to sin. Verse 15. So verse 15 to 19 is what uh, Prashant read this morning and that is where we should focus on. And in verse 15 it says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. I just want that to sink in for each one of us. <laughs> okay, so I paraphrased it a bit to understand why Paul is talking about this. It seems a bit vague. Uh, it's not clear on what exactly he's talking about it, but in, maybe in the future verses, in the next three verses, things will get clear to us. Because it, this can be very general, right? You know, it could be like when I'm in office, if I tell this, he'll say, oh, you don't know what you're doing in your project. I'll help you. Now, it seems very vague, right? But in the context, we all understand where this is coming from. So what Paul is saying is, what I am doing, I do not understand. I'm doing certain things. There are certain things in my life which I'm, without my knowledge, doing. I'm not able to understand it. I don't understand why I get triggered like that. I don't, know, I don't understand why my reactions are so. I do not know why I do these things. <clears throat> what I will, what I will, or what I want to do, that I am not able to do. He's saying that when he's trying to do certain things, maybe these are things which are positive, you know, to go, to go the extra mile or to do things for other brothers. He's not able to do it. Something is holding him back. Something is pulling him back. And he's, he's trying to figure out what that is. What I hate, what I hate, what I should not do, I am doing. He's doing things which he knows he should not be doing. Verse 16. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree the law is good. What a wonderful realization, right? Are we able to, like Paul, realize those times when I'm not doing certain things that the law is good? that the law is revealing things to me, that the word of God is revealing things to me, or are we blissfully ignorant? It was clear to him when he was doing certain things that the law is good. And I need my, I try my best to follow it. He's in agreement with the law. Verse 17. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. Now immediately if we read this out of context, I'm sure some of us have taken it out of context and even defended ourselves saying, you know, it's not me. It's my sinful nature. It's not me. I, I tried my best, but you know, the temptation was so high. It's the sin in me. Oh, you know, it's not me. He forced me to do it. 
there was a lot of temptation you know i i couldn't do anything the circumstances were such we blame it on circumstances we blame it on our friends we blame it on the way we were brought up we will blame it on the list is endless isn't it how many of us have given excuses when we were called out on a sin how many of us give excuses even as we were growing up to our parents but is paul saying that is paul saying that this is a valid excuse what if you go back a few verses what does he say in verse 14 i am unspiritual the law is spiritual i am unspiritual and what is the last part of the verse sold as a slave to sin i am a slave to sin let me give you this example again <clears throat> very simple example in egypt there was this there was this uh, person who owned i'm just making this up as i go i don't think about it i just thought about it. there's there's this guy who had a couple of slaves <clears throat> and he thought he will he will annex the next farm by sending his slaves and making his slaves kill the owners so the slaves are sent the slaves do their duty because they told to do so and the law comes and the slaves are like not my fault they told me to do it my master forced me to do it can you just pictureize that do you think that they will be let go do you think they'll be let go are they equally responsible as the master equally responsible even if they were bound in chains and forced to do it a slave is equally responsible to what he has done this is exactly the same situation here you can say you're a slave to sin you can say that you know i i have a sinful nature and you know quote for all the right verses but that does not discount you from the fact that you are responsible 100% for your actions you are responsible for every act that comes out of your mind and comes out of your actions physically 100% so he is not calling it as an excuse he is not saying let that not be our situation because you are responsible for your own actions no matter how you call it god knows you god knows that you have free will you he knows that you are in control of every action that is in within you for i know that good itself does not dwell in me for i know that good itself does not dwell in me that is my sinful nature for i have desire to do what is good but i cannot carry it out i have the desire i hope each one of us have the desire brothers and sisters if you do not have this desire then there is serious introspection which we need to have a true child of god who is convicted by the holy spirit who has the holy spirit living within us will have the conviction that what we are doing is wrong and what we should do instead i pray i hope that each one of us do have this battle in our minds verse 19 verse 19 gives more clarity to what was what we looked at in verse 15 verse 19 says for i do not do the good 
that I want to do. But the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. I'm not able to do the good which you want me to do, O Lord. Instead, my sinful passions and my sinful nature, and because of that, I am sinful. I am continuing in sin. I am unable to fight it off. The evil I do not want to do. We'll skip verse 20 because it just reiterates the same thing about Paul, Paul talking about his sinful nature, the sin living in him. I want to look at the next three verses which talk about Paul creating something of a principle. He says there are kind of two principles at work within him. In verse 23, he says, But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. So for, for me, I mean, I, I may be wrong in, in visualizing this way, but I, I found it like, it, it's, it's like matter. What is matter? All the science guys' eyes have opened up. <laughs> what is matter? Prashant. What is matter? Anything that occupies that space. Anything that occupies that space. And I think that is what Paul is trying to say here. Have you seen that illustration uh, of how much percentage of water is in your body? It's a simple one, right? It's just outline of a body and like half of it is water or something. That's what Paul is saying here. You know, I, I feel there is, a, there is a positive spirit in me. But also, there is evil in me. There is evil present in me. The evil is with me. The evil is right there with me. That's his exact words. For my inner being, I delight in the Lord. All of us know that we have the Holy Spirit in us. If you are a born again child of God, you have received the Holy Spirit. How many of us are allowing that Holy Spirit to really work in us? Or allowing, or are we letting the Holy Spirit be suppressed by our innermost evils? And the innermost evils, you can cover that up to the entire world so easily, can't we? Only we know what our true driving force is. What is truly driving us? Is it the Holy Spirit or those evil passions within us? That selfish nature within us. What is driving us? That is the question. And what do we allow to grow? In the next verse, next two, sorry, in the next one verse, which is 23, but I see another law at work with me, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Now he's talking more about forces at work within his mind. And these forces are truly causing him to have a conflict in his mind. And he is struggling with this conflict. I hope each one of us 
are struggling in different portions in this conflict and we're not allowing our sinful passions to get the best of us. So it's, more, it's almost like a Jekyll and Hyde situation, isn't it? There are times when we have good days, there are times we have bad days. We have days when we allow that sinful nature to overtake us and there are days when we repent and come back to God. The question is, which of those days will you have more? The question is, what will you do to ensure that you have almost zero of those bad days? Do not be a slave to sin. You are responsible for your own actions. So let's go back. As you can see, the ones which I highlight in yellow, I just want to focus a little bit on that. And that is in verse 19 and in verse 15. In verse 19, it says, For I do not do the good I want to do. We'll come back to this, but last week, what, did, what was the message? Gifts, yeah. Okay, passage, anyone remembers the passage? Romans 12, 7 and 8. Romans 12, 7 and 8, I won't read it, but it, it was about serving, teaching, encouraging, you know, these gifts which really will help serve God. And Jobin, I believe, is going to take more on this. Uh, he's going to take three more, two to three more messages on this. So I encourage each one of you to really listen to that and see how you can use your gifting. Let's focus on, I do not understand what I do. I do not understand what I do. When, uh, a few years back, I went to uh, Kurg with a couple of friends. And there's one friend, uh, these are school guys. And uh, there's one guy who's really smart. He's like this walking economics book and he's finished uh, MDI Gurgaon Management School and he's been in Gillette and Johnson & Johnson, a ton, a ton of places. And uh, when he's sitting with us, uh, you know, it's cool, it's cool, right? It's, it's a bit cold. So in conversation, he took off his jacket and he flung it to the side and he was passionately explaining something. <clears throat> 30 seconds later, smartest guy in the room, Smartest. Did it just get cold in here? Dude, wear your jacket. Right? Sometimes the smartest people can say the dumbest things, can say the silliest things. The smartest people can say the silliest things. There's another story of this huge telecom company. <clears throat> They're having a huge board, uh, huge meeting. It's a multinational. So you had this people from all over the world and there's this one uh, African guy who's also there on the uh, table and then during the tea time the you know one of the top uh, research people or whatever <clears throat> goes up to him and says oh you're from Africa do you have roads hospitals and all that I don't know if I'll get it right that was his reaction <laughs> if any of you have heard an African or African American guy laugh they don't hold back they don't hold back. And smartest person in the room. And she thought Africa is underdeveloped. Those are two cities in Africa. Sins. <clears throat> there are so many sins which we are completely unaware of. We may think, please don't read too much into that. Because there are some... <laughs> 
some words which we may not agree with but it's just to show you that we concentrate on the big sins we usually do and we neglect many of the sins which generally we think chalta hai it's okay nobody knows about it it's in my sinful nature that's how i am that's how i was brought up what are those unintentional or subconscious sins each of us have and believe me each of these words or phrases is not my own phrase it is not made by me i have not written it i have taken it from the word of god it may be from a different translation but it's all from english nothing from hebrew or greek but each one of this is from various verses which we can kind of go through earlier we've spoke about we we have we've heard messages about many carnal sins right or or sins of commission where you know we we learned run from james 115 it says then after desire desire was conceived it gives birth to sin and when sin when it is full grown gives birth to death yeah so we we learned of that and we thought okay i have i thought about it i worked on it i should not have worked on it and it had major negative consequences and definitely god will punish us for those sins i'm not taking anything away from those but these are sins which are within us which nobody will know you can filter it out and put on a wonderful act the best christian out here could be struggling with a multitude of these maybe one maybe two maybe a multitude of these sins what is your struggle this morning what are we struggling with <clears throat> ephesians 4 31 to 32 get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as christ god forgave you forgiveness now you will say forgiveness is external i told him i forgive him did you truly forgive him do you still harbor it do you still remember it 3 years later macha that day i know what you did i know you'll do the same thing that is not true forgiveness is it these are sins which are within us which control us which control our passions which control our motivation control the way we do things Matthew 15:18 But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these defile them for out of the heart come evil thoughts murder adultery sexual immorality theft false testimony slander say wait 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 hold up few of those you said were carnal sins I pass clean none of those 1 John 3:15 if someone could read 1 John 3:15 and if somebody else could take Matthew 5:28 who hates his brother is a murderer hates his brother 
do any one of us have hate within us no matter to what degree oh it's just a little bit i'll get over it i'll forgive him eventually eventually i'll forget matthew 528 even looks in lust you have already committed adultery already committed adultery we won't go to verses but what is theft we we saw the, coincidentally we saw this by lord's leading even in thursday group what is theft what is theft in the mind coveting coveting stealing yeah steal maybe stealing thoughts and ideas you know in office oh that guy had a good idea i'll i'll put it off as my idea and give it off <laughs> what's next what else false testimony false testimony how can we have false testimony in our mind false assumptions about a person that be right you're telling yourself that guy is like that he is useless not even giving him a chance all that is a sin because that is conceived in your mind <clears throat> so what do we do how do we try and resolve this how do we fight this off how can we make sure so like i asked you guys i i said the first question was do do any not doing how many are really battling with because i know i'm battling with multiple i'm sure each one of us is. if any one of you here says none of these none of the above don't raise your hand let's talk i want to know what you're doing to not battle with one of these i can guarantee you that every one of us has struggled to some degree with this no one will know only you know how do we solve this we need to pray for ourselves we need to ask the holy spirit to work within us james 1:19 to 20 james 1:19 to 20 says 20 says my dear brothers and sisters take note of this everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry because anger does not produce the righteousness that god desires now this you can obviously think of any other sin which is in your mind because human anger does not produce the righteousness that god desires do any of these do you think produces righteousness is there in any possibility or any situation in the world that this will produce righteousness we could say righteous anger for the right things yes okay maybe that one because we have a passage for it but not talking about righteous anger i'm talking about being angry against your brother i don't think any one of these will produce righteousness let's go next to sins of omission so this we will focus on which is i do not do the good that i want to do i do not do the good that i want to do now there are many verses out there but i will only concentrate on five for the lack of time <clears throat> Hebrews 10:25 And if every anyone can take uh, 2 Corinthians 9:6 
Second Corinthians nine six. Hebrews ten twenty five. For forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as ye seeing the day approaching. So this is talking about not having fellowship with one another. Not having fellowship with the saints, not being in fellowship with those who are around us, and we think that's okay. You know, in in school, as soon as the bell rings, kids run out with their bags. Here, as soon as it's amen, there are many of us who want to attendance done. I need to go home. I have lunch with X Y Z or whatever it is. Or maybe we are apprehensive about fellowshipping. Give it a try. Stay back and see if anyone comes and talks to you. Give it a shot. What do you have to lose? No one's going to ask you in the first day. What are you battling with? What's this? What are the sins you are battling with? Tell me right now. Be in fellowship. Experience it. Give it a shot. Try it out. Second Corinthians nine six. No one got it. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. It's about giving. Are we truly giving our time, our resources for the Lord, or are we holding that? Not doing that is a sin. Not giving is a sin. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, "Iron sharpens iron, so man sharpens another. Iron sharpens iron." Many of us, when we start talking to people, it's very casual, right? It's very, very superficial. But when we get chances to see someone is down, do we want to get into the into the discussion and really help the person out, or do we think? This is going to consume too much of my time. Escape. You know, there's this uh, cartoon called Handy Manny. Have you guys seen that? Oh, there. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. So, just imagine Handy Manny has his hammer, and the hammer says, "I will not work for the next one one week." Can we use a screwdriver? we need to use the talents god has given us we need to encourage one another we need to call out one another on our sin and that is what god has asked us to do if we hold that back it is a sin if we are not being useful for the church it is a sin we have to be accountable to one another and that does not just does not mean those who are go who are seeking help or those who are providing help we have to be useful for one another first samuel 12:23 moreover as for me god forbid that i should sin against the lord in ceasing to pray for you in ceasing to pray for you but i will teach you the good and right way do anyone do do we not pray for others do we only pray for ourselves for our own selfish needs The word of God says that we need to pray for one another. It is a commandment. 
we have to pray for one another we have to teach one another james 4:17 so who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him it is sin if you know what the right thing is to do if you know it what's holding you back if anything is holding you back it cannot be good what can we do to overcome that if we fail to do it for him it is a sin so in this entire passage there is there's one thing which one word which is common we we looked at law commandments in all of that right so which do you think is the word which is the most if you just glance through romans 7 i i put the whole thing in one of those apps which you can get the word count or word cloud so what 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 do you think is the one word which stands out quickly quickly can't hear you jason good do okay is do there do is there so it's not do fail sorry <laughs> law is there commandment is there come on easy one glance through it and i thought i i only saw it but one of the comment commentaries called out the exact same count nobody i you may be right say it huh i you said i right i i me myself in the entire romans this is one introspection which comes out and these three words put together gives it 41 times it surpasses the word commandment or law even if you put law and commandment together it's only 30 times 41 times it says i paul is introspecting he's talking about himself he's looking into his own life are we able to introspect into our own lives and look where are we failing what are the aspects we are failing in what are the aspects we are struggling in what are we doing to do that better king david's prayer was very simple king david said in psalm 139 23 to 24 search me god and know my heart search me o god and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in a way everlasting we have to ask our lord where are we failing and he will reveal it to us through his word through people around us we may not know it we may not know what are the sins that we are doing but are we able to open up our lives to the lord our lord and ask him where are we failing and this brings us to the last verse <clears throat> in verse 24 what a wretched man i am what a wretched man i am and notice here paul is not asking for forgiveness he is accepting that he is wretched he is saying i am fallen what a wretched man i am who will rescue me from this body of death body of death are we still holding on to that old body our old ways our old sinful ways in the region where paul was from there was an old 
Roman tradition. And as each one of us know, Romans were very cruel. They invented crucifixion, right? That was just not the one way. They had multiple ways to kill a man. And one of those was, if a person was found as a murderer, they would take the body of the person who he murdered and tie it to his back. That body, which is dead and is decaying, is tied to the back of the body of the murderer. And over the period of days, as that decays and oozes onto his own body, it kills him as well slowly. Is that our condition? Is that our condition that we are holding on to our old self, carrying on in our old ways, allowing our old man? Are we feeding our old man or are we feeding the new, renewed spirit within us? What we feed is what will control us. If we are feeding into that old man, that decay will spread into our body. That will bring us down. And I want to leave you with that thought. Can we truly challenge ourselves? Can we truly introspect into our lives? Where are we failing? What are the things that we are doing which we should stop? And what are the things that we are doing which we are not doing which we should do more? I want to leave you with that. And I pray that even myself, as I look into my own life, pray that we will truly be useful for his kingdom. And, and our sinful nature will not control us, that we will not be slaves to sin. Shall we close in prayer? <clears throat> Gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, that as your word is so true in that day as it is now, we know, Lord, that as Paul was convicted by his sin, was convicted by his nature, yet he did not blame his nature for his actions. We pray, Lord, that none of us will choose Oh Lord, to continue in sin, that we will not choose to wallow in our own sins. Lord God, we can be so Christ-like outwardly, but we only know what the struggles are which we go through inside. And we pray, Lord, that you will convict us, that the Holy Spirit will work in each one of our lives. Our Holy Spirit will reveal those things to us and we will know where we fail. We will know where we stand. We will know what are the things that we are doing which we should stop. And we will, you will also reveal to us where we can do more. And pray, Lord, that you will use us in the weeks and months to come. Pray, Lord, that we will not stop here, but we will continue to look into this passage, introspect into this passage, learn and really question what was spoken today, O Lord. We praise you and thank you for this time, and we praise you for who you are. We ask for all of this in and through name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Pradeep. Good morning, CBF. Welcome, everyone, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have a few visitors here with us, and as I call out your name, would you please stand up or raise your hand so that we could meet with you later? We have uh, Jason and Chinese friends, Ben and Eileen, visiting us. Seated right there. We have uh, Victoria Massey here with us as well. Seated right here. We have... Evelyn and Sneha also visiting us, seated right here. We have Ringu from Odisha, right at the back.
We have uh, Mark and Joanna and their family here with us, seated right at the back. We also have uh, Rachel's mom, Sister Dali, here with us, seated right there. We have um, Aishwarya's friends, Anil and Tishana, visiting us, right there. We have uh, Leslie and Shirley Matthew and family, seated right here. We also have Deeraj Paulson, who is Blessing's cousin, visiting us right there. We welcome back um, Blessing George's parents, Mr. and Mrs. George Vergis, right at the back. And we have Stanley's mom, Sister Sarama Thomas, also here with us. Right there. Can we all welcome them? Okay, Sunday mornings, we meet here in this hall at 9 a.m. for worship in the Lord's table. At 10.05, we have ministry from God's Word. Next week, Benji will be bringing God's Word to us. At 11.25, today we will have the Sunday school. And at the same time, uh, we will have the single study as well. Today's single study is taken by Mohan, and the topic is how to get unstuck. So requesting all the singles to stay back and gather together by 11.25. Uh, so Sunday school singing will be done in this hall and then the kids will move to the hall below. Snacks will also be provided. So requesting the singles to remain in this hall. Next week, uh, there is no meeting at 11.25, so it's a time of fellowship. Meetings during the week. Uh, we have several meetings through the week and if you are new or not a part of this group, requesting that you get in touch with the names mentioned here. On Sundays at 5 p.m., we have uh, the Hindi Fellowship meeting at Jerry and Bernice's home. On Tuesday at 8 p.m., we have a Bible study in Dumlur. This week, it will be at John and Sibi's home. On Wednesday, we have a cell group meeting at our home. On Thursdays, we have two meetings at 8 p.m. on Sarjapur Road. The meeting will be at Sam and Philip's home this week. And um, in North Bangalore, the cottage meeting will be at Joe and Junie's home at 8 p.m. We also have student groups meeting during the week. Uh, some of them are on break. On Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m., we have the Christ University girls meeting up at, in Kormangla. And on Friday, we have the Christian Jayanti College boys study meeting up at uh, Jobin Ruby's home at 5 p.m. Monthly meetings. The next Kadesh uh, ministry will be on the 13th of July between 12 and 4 p.m., um, requesting those who are new or would like to be a part of it to get in touch with Siji. And, on this, and the next outreach will be on the 6th of July between 5 and 6 p.m. on Osborne Road and Marathali. Okay, so the camp, as uh, mentioned before, is from the 30th of August to the 2nd of September, requesting that uh, those who have not registered or confirmed your coming, please do so as early as possible. Birthdays and anniversaries this week? It's our anniversary this week. Uh, anyone else? Sorry? Ravent and Angela's. Sheetal's birthday. Galbert's birthday? Sharon Godley's. Oh, sorry. Bobbin. Oh, Sharon. Sorry. Okay, can we sing the birthday song for them? Thank you. 
prayer points. The points that you see here will be sent on the groups for you to keep as a matter of prayer during your personal time. Um, the new points, yeah. Uh, Daisy Mama. Daisy Daniel has um, uh, fractured her ankle and there will be a cast that is to be removed on the 20th of July. Let us keep her in prayer. Jinsi and uh, Jose had a baby girl, praise God for that, and they are recuperating in the hospital and the baby is under observation, so let's keep that in prayer. And um, Rebi John and Ravant are back from their ministry trip to, a trip to Chhattisgarh. Now, Justin will come and close the meeting in prayer. After that, I request that you stack up the chairs on the sides and after that, uh, requesting all the singles also to stay back. Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, uh, Jesus, uh, that we could come here today. You've given us the privilege today to worship you, to know you, to just remember what you did for us on the cross. Uh, oh Lord, it's just uh, a privilege that you give us these opportunities to just thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you that throughout uh, the morning you reminded us, O oh Lord, that we were redeemed, that even though we rejected you, we threw you away, O oh Lord. You found worth in us, you loved us, despite you did not require us, and we thank you that, O oh Lord. Thank you, O oh Lord, for using your servant to speak to us, O oh Lord, as we remember, O oh Lord, help it to reverberate within us that, uh, O oh Lord, we are dead to sin, that uh, we, you have given us victory over sin, We've, we are justified because of you, O oh Lord, and so help us not to vo- wallow in our sins, help us not to think it's unbeatable, help us not to be in denial that we are not in struggle with any of these sins, O oh Lord, help us to be reminded of it, O oh Lord, help these to be true echoes to us through the scripture as we read it, O oh Lord, help this not to be something that we hear, we uh, we gain intellect, but no practice, O oh Lord, and I pray help it to be something real in our lives. We commit the rest of the week into your hands. Uh, we, pray, uh, uh, we pray for the different cell groups, we pray for the student groups.